Evil Squid Comics Podcast, Episode 7, Season 2. Episode 7. Oh, seven. What is it overall in Season 2? What? Episode or 7. When you, when you reboot it, what is it overall? Oh, uh, I don't know. I think we're like at 60 or 65. I don't know. Okay, okay. I have no idea. Good question, but I don't know the answer. Anyway, I'm Drew. I'm Don. I'm Scott. Scott is zooming. Hopefully you can hear him okay. I know it's a little tricky with the... You want me to yell? No, you don't. I'll just turn up the volume a little bit. So okay. anyway, uh, every week, every couple weeks, we try and get together with and talk about comic books and movies and TV shows. Mostly comic books. That's our focus. But we definitely get sidetracked onto the TV shows and the Netflix and Tiger King, whatever we happen right. to be experiencing that week. So anyway... Speaking of... Speaking of... See, we just jump right in. Have either of you guys been watching that, um, The Last Dance? I watched most of the first episode because Matt was texting me telling me how great it was. I needed to watch it. good. The la- I have it because I do not have VSPN. And... Huh. Yeah. No, I can stream it on ESPN because I have cable, whatever. Right. But uh, uh, but yeah, I started watching the first episode. It's pretty interesting. I heard it's really good, though. But I told and Matt, I like... like right from my era, you know. Right, exactly. Stuff. I've watched through four, so... Because they release two every Sunday. So I've watched all, the, all four episodes that have been released. Well, I told Matt that, like, we went to the IMAX in Hutchinson, the Cosmosphere, and we saw that Jordan documentary about like his last season the last finals or whatever and i said he's like yeah this is like the same thing but they've expanded to like 10 episodes because i guess they had a they said it in the documentary they gave a camera crew full access that Mm -hmm. last season and so they basically took that thing we saw way back 20 years ago and they've expanded it to like even more information yeah because this goes it goes back it goes all the way back it's it like all the way back the first to like episode high school and, and was college and all yeah, that stuff and yeah. they do it with like the first episode was a lot of jordan and then the second episode was pippin and then a lot of pippin and then third and fourth were a lot of rodman oh, a yeah. lot of rodman and uh, pistons and just the history of the bulls and the pistons and they actually got to i think when they played the lakers and finally won their first national championship oh uh, yeah was that against the lakers yeah cool They're... yeah they used to always get beat by the pistons they could never get to the finals right. like the pistons beat them right. like so many years in a row and they yeah. just couldn't get past it because the pistons were so good and then finally they broke past the pistons and were able to win the yeah whole yeah it was kinda... I think they swept the pistons they I'm did pretty sure they finally they finally did in 91 they swept the pistons well it was funny interesting in that so like they got beat they got beat pretty bad in 80... Because the Pistons won back-to-back. They won 89 and 90. Okay. They won national championships. Like, they were the the winners. But, like, in 90... Or 89... Anyway, the first year, <laughs> they just beat the crap out of the Bulls. And then the second year, they took them to a game five. And they ended up losing. And then, so, in the in the thing... They were saying that after they got beat, Jordan was like, we ain't taking summer vacation. We're going to train. Because <laughs> Jordan said, I'm tired of getting beat up by the Pistons. He's like, I'm bulking up. I'm putting on weight. I'm going to fight back. 
and they were saying that Jordan had never weight trained ever. Yeah, I remember reading that many years ago <laughs> that he had to bulk up to because the Pistons were just beating the crap yeah. out of him. Yeah, because they had like Bill Lambeer, oh, yeah. and he was just a freaking goon. And they had well Isaiah Thomas, obviously. Isaiah Dennis Thomas, Rodman. Dennis Rodman. Dennis Rodman. Yeah, and so, uh, it's funny. Uh, was it John Sally? Yeah, that sounds John right. That sounds right. Yeah. But, I think so. But yeah, and and they even said that like, uh, you know, P- the Pistons had Jordan rules. It was basically they had a set of rules <laughs> just for Jordan. They were called the Jordan rules. Yeah. How they played Jordan, and I mean, it yeah. was basically if you're gonna try to dribble or score, we're gonna hurt you and make you pay for that two points. Is it worth two point two points to possibly get seriously injured? <laughs> it was what they said, but. Well, it's funny because I was watching that first episode and they were talking about his college days. I didn't realize he realized he played with James Worthy, mm-hmm. who is the Lakers guy, yeah, on the same team for North Carolina. And they were like, when Jordan got there, like James Worthy was the star. You know, yeah. he was the good, he was the star player, not Jordan. You know yeah. what I mean? And it's like, well, it's funny too funny. because uh, what's his name? The guy that coached, uh, um, uh, KU forever, Brown. Yeah, Roy, Thomas. or Roy. What's his name? Tom, is it not Roy Thompson? No. no, it's not Roy. Uh, I don't know. I don't know. Anyway, anyway, he was he was at North Carolina when Jordan was there. Yeah, yeah. And uh, they, yeah, I think he made that comment because he was like, he came in and, and Jordan was like, I want to be the best person on this team. And he's like, and he said to him, he's like, well, you have to, you're going to have to work hard. And he said, but I worked hard in high school. And he goes, I'm sorry, I thought you said you wanted to be the best player, <laughs> you know? And then he also gave him a compliment because he said that uh, Michael Jordan was the only guy that he ever coached that could turn it on and turn it off, and he never turned it off. <laughs> but anyway, that, that whole that whole show, I think, is just cool. Because, like, that was, you know, when I started watching That was it. Yeah, I think we all started. And, yeah, and we all grew like up era, on that so era. It's, it's really kind of cool, but... You couldn't grow up and watch basketball during that time and not be, like, a Jordan fan. Right, and think. a Bulls fan. And, yeah. and it was just so crazy because at that time, you know, after they won that first championship, I mean, they would play a game and you basically knew they were going to win almost every, you know, game. Like, Yeah, it was, yeah, it was, it was fun to watch them because they always delivered. Yeah. <laughs> and now I watch teams now, I'm like, oh... Dang, they didn't. They don't always win like Jordan. Right. Say <laughs> like, what? Well, not every game. <laughs> but not every game, but they always in the finals. Yeah. Once or they started the winning finals, they always won. Except when Jordan retired, and then he came yeah. back that half season, and they and, lost for two years. Yeah. And then they exactly. came back and won three more, and then they broke them up. Yeah. Yeah. Which that's just we were talking about that at work today because another guy that I what if they hadn't broken them up? It. Yeah, I know, right? What if they just let it ride for a yeah. couple more yeah. seasons? Or if Jordan would have kept playing too. Yeah. Well, that's well. That was the thing, though. That oh yeah, exactly. We hadn't taken that year and a half off. Right. That that one guy, uh, the not the owner, but the the Jerry Crow, uh, the guy that manager, the manager, because he they went to GM. Yeah, they went to um, uh, what's his name, Bill Jackson, that last year, and said, "This is your last year." And said, "I don't care if you win sixty-two games and a national championship." I think he said eighty-two games. Eighty-two games, whatever. <laughs> I don't care if you don't lose a game and you win a championship. This is your last year coaching here. Yeah, I don't know why that and was then, because it was so much money. Oh. Because they were paying Rodman, Pippen, Jordan, yeah. 
um, Jackson. I mean, that was it. I mean, they were saying they were dumping like $80 million a year. But if you're winning a national championship, you got to be recouping that money. you, know you got to I mean? be making money. But and yeah, you always think, how can you cut your Cut costs. and rebuild. And they're like, this is a great time. But then Jordan was like, I'm... if." He's like, I won't play for another coach. If Jackson's gone, I'm not playing. Yeah. Well, it and is tricky. I mean, because as a team manager, because you can if they stop performing. You know what I mean? Right. Like, you can get to a point yeah. where you have a huge payroll and all your guys are declining and you're stuck with it and you can't get out of it because you got to try and trade them and nobody will take them because they're not performing. you got right. this huge contract. So there are... Or anything. Yeah, so there are situations you have to look at that from a management yeah, and a money standpoint. But yeah, I know what you're saying. I but, wish they could have found a way. Yeah. Anyway, it's 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 a cool show. I'm really enjoying it. I mean, it's right in my wheelhouse. So, yeah, you know, I just sit down. Well, and watch it's it. kind of taking that uh, that style of the thirty thirty for thirty right you know, type documentary. Too. Exactly, and all those tend to be good. Yeah, yeah, they just expanded it. There was one of the other. Uh, I think it might have been in the first episode when they played. Uh, uh, I think they were. Who were they playing? They were playing somebody. Oh, uh, Celtics in the playoffs, and uh, they beat them the first game. The Celtics won the first game, and then that next day, Danny Ainge and Michael Jordan went to play golf together. Yeah. Did you see that part? No. Uh, they go. It must have been the second episode, but they go after I didn't the first. The first episode. Uh, after they go to play, they play the first game. The next day, Danny Ainge and Michael Jordan are playing golf, and. Uh, Danny Ainge is like, they're interviewing Danny Ainge, and he's like, yeah, we played golf. He's like, yeah, I took a lot of money off of Jordan playing golf, and uh, we were really kind of rubbing it in about how we beat him the night before. He goes, in hindsight, yeah, we probably shouldn't have done that, <laughs> because game two is the one where he came out and scored like 55, 58 points. They still lost. Like, the Bulls still lost, but Jordan scored like, you know, 55, 58 points, and they're like, oh, my God. But yeah, Ainge was like, yeah, I shouldn't have, I shouldn't have opened that door. Because <laughs> they didn't know what he was capable of doing. Screw him up. Yeah. But anyway. Cool. Cool. So what's, Don brought Kudad, which is. The, is it Kudad or See You Dad? See Dad, Kudad, I don't care. Oh. But I'm, I think you have to actually say it with like a Hispanic or Spanish-like gotcha. uh, accent, you know. Because yeah. I had, a, there's a guy at work I work with who's that Hispanic, and he can. I told him what it was called. He's like, "Oh yeah," I didn't. He said it like you know the way that you're supposed to be. Gotcha. I just always called it but, "see uh, you, dad." See you, dad. But uh, it means city, basically. Gotcha. Is what the word means. Did everybody watch Extraction? Then yes, I think we did. I right? did. I did too. So yeah. All right. So what do we think of Extraction? I thought it was good. I really liked it. It I was a it good was Netflix action. movie. It was good action. I, I mean, it was one of the better Netflix movies yeah. I've seen. It was almost like, I mean, you that could have been in the theater, I yeah, think. Yeah, I feel like but Netflix is upping their game. It definitely could their have been. Their movies up. feel like they can pretty much, the quality is there. It yeah. had a very much of a uh, John Wick feel, you know, with the yeah. action scenes and stuff. Yeah. Definitely. Continuous cuts and things. Yeah. Or continuous, what would you say, just action going on. Correct. Yeah, it got brutal. I mean, there were a couple parts where I was like, damn. <laughs> like, you know, just with the... With the violence and stuff or whatever you not that it oh, yeah. it doesn't offend me, but I mean it was it was pretty strong. Like I was like, Whoa. Yeah, it was very violent. Like it would definitely well, be an R rated. Very constant. Just boom, 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 boom. Yeah. Yeah. 
So yeah, um, no, I mean it was well done. Like it's just a pure action movie. So yeah. I mean, I don't know how well it would have done in the theaters if it had so, been released. But it might have been. So you read the book? You, did I hear Drew say you read the book, Scott? Yeah, I did at one point in time, but it. Was, oh, it's been yeah. a while. So yeah. should we go ahead and talk about the book? Well, then? that's fine, but I just wanted to talk about the differences. So like. The one thing that really threw me... Wasn't was, it a female he was saving? Yeah. Instead of a little kid, a little yep. boy? And it wasn't oh. India, it was like some South American country, yeah. right? Right. The the So do you guys know the whole background? Like, have you read Andy Park's, like, um, Facebook post about what the how the whole project broke down? Like, do you guys know the background? Not all I of it. I, I just knew it had involved the Russos and... Andy right. So I guess at some point, whenever that came out, was it like 2012, 2011? Sure. Anyway, at some point, um, uh, uh, the Russos contacted Oni Press and said, we have this idea, we want to do a graphic novel, and then we want to do a movie. And so Andy Parks had done some writing for Oni, and so they were like, hey, we think he'd be a really good fit. And so they contacted Andy, and so then he actually flew to, like, L.A. or whatever and hung out with the Russos. And from the very beginning, it was always going to be, they, they came up, they were like, we're going to come up with, like, a basic story, and then you go off and write your graphic novel, and then we're going to go off and write a screenplay. So okay. they, were, they were kind of two separate projects, but they were all conceived, like, with three people. And What's then they the kind of, of just that? branched off. I don't know. Like, why, why would the Russo brothers just write a screenplay? Why didn't they want a graphic novel? Maybe just to sell it better? Like, I don't know. Because then you got, like, a finished product that you can show to movie executives, say, hey, this is kind of, you know, you got your storyboards already done. You right. Can see That's what, what I'm thinking. You already I mean, have your storyboard almost taken care of. Yeah. It's an interesting way to do well, it. Well, making a little money maybe on it, too, depending right. on what kind of agreements they signed up for. Yeah. Because the Russo brothers, I mean, they, Civil War was... Or Winter Soldier was their first big movie. I think so, yeah. And that was prior yeah, to was 2012. What's that? Winter I Soldier. I think it was Winter Soldier. Yeah. What did they do before that? They did a lot of TV. Like they... Oh, that's right. They were Game of Thrones guys, yeah. weren't they? Well, I don't know if they were Game of Thrones guys. Uh, they did Community. I don't know if they were that. Community, I think. Oh, they yeah, did. they did do Community. And then there were like some other stuff. I mean, there were like 10 TV shows that they got like... Greenlit or whatever. I don't remember what they all are, yeah. but um, but the thing that really threw me because I watched the movie before I read the book. I've had that book forever, and I just never <laughs> sat down and read it. They directed you, me, and Dupree. <laughs> so it was funny. I so I knew it was dropping on Friday, and so I came home Friday afternoon, night, whatever, and I said to Barbara, "I'm like, hey, do you want to watch Extraction?" And she's like, yeah, I do. And I'm like, well, do you know? And she didn't know anything about it. She I didn't even tell my it. wife it was based on a graphic novel. Yeah, she didn't know anything that Andy had been written a novel or anything like that. She'd just seen the previews on Netflix and said, this looks like a cool movie. So we sat down and watched it. And then, uh, um, like I said, I hadn't read the novel. But the thing that I didn't like about, the thing I didn't like about the movie was it starts out with him dying on the bridge and then it Did he all die or just looked back. like he was dying well see that's the thing i mean i okay so you know what i mean like it started out in that we lost scott we did how did we lose scott maybe he'll come back
Freaking Zoom. Freaking Zoom. Freaking Zoom. Zoomity Zoom. Stand by. We are experiencing technical difficulties. Who said that? I did. Oh. I'm talking to our gotcha. Facebook feed that nobody... We should, like, let people know. They can follow our time. Facebook page. It should, if they follow our page, it should alert them that we're... Uh, it would alert them. Computer's having trouble. Um, like I said, I had and that's back. There's a lag. Is there? Yeah. Interesting. What is, what did Jack do? Hey Scott, what happened on hey. your what happened on your end? Anything? Or, I don't know. All right, my I think my laptop lost its Zoom connection, so I'm doing it on my uh, iPad now. So we'll see. Maybe that oh, works really? better. Okay. Yeah, so we'll give that a whirl. All right. So Kudad, Don was rambling on about it. Well, no, I was saying in a movie. Okay. That I'm sure he loved it. Starts I, with Chris Hemsworth dying. Right. I didn't like that they started out with Crimson. Chris Hemsworth dying, and then you go backwards and work your way forward because I thought he was just all shot up. I didn't think he was dead. Well, he was all shot up, but he was kind of spitting some blood there. Well, that doesn't mean he's dead. Well, and then that's the thing at the end. So, like, that that kid gets rescued. Spoiler alert: the kid gets rescued, and he dives into the pool, and then he floats down to the bottom, and then when he comes up, there's like a figure distorted in the background oh yeah i saw that yeah. so that could have been chris hemsworth or what i what i thought so like that whole movie well there was that scene where chris hemsworth goes down into the water uh-huh and and doesn't come out yeah and sits down there and that was kind of how he found peace i guess sure you would say yeah and so i you could take i thought you could take it to where that kid did the same thing because he went down there and sat down at the water and then came up and maybe that was just his imagination like that was his safe place and he imagined that he was behind him he was a ghost it was a ghost no i don't know but that was the, a weird end scene though yeah but in the book so in the book um he um he does survive in the book right he gets shut up and he survives yeah. and in the book he's the one that goes back and actually kills the the uh, drug dealer. the drug dealer. 
he goes back and kills the drug dealer, and then he's fine because he writes a letter to the to the girl in the book. Um, so I don't know. I, I yeah, they could have left it open for a sequel. It was it was very murky towards the end because you couldn't tell who the figure oh, yeah. was in the back. But I tend to like that that indie type of ending though myself. Yeah, I I didn't have a problem to your interpretation. Right. Um, what else Especially for that type of film, where it was just pretty much action, action, action. Yeah. Type of scenario, and ultimately, the real prize was getting the was saving the boy, which they they did. Right. The yes. book was a Everyone little collateral damage. The book was a little. The book was a little confusing as far as like characters, like because they had the the guy that was the. There was the lawyer that hired him and then double crossed him. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. And in the in the book, I don't know. I had to go back and read it a couple times. Like if I hadn't seen the movie and kind of knew the basic plot line, like I think did I you watched the movie lost. before you read the book. Yes, I did. Holy did. crap! Yeah, I said that. That's opposite. At the beginning, you already mentioned that. Of the oh, podcast. I didn't remember that. Right. Hey, um, so. So is it pretty accurate then? Because I haven't read the book forever. It, it is. Not, well, so... Other it, than the setting changing and the boy being a girl. Yeah, it pretty much follows the yeah, same. Yeah, it's pretty close. But... From what I remember. There was one thing where Andy Parks had said in this Facebook post that he wrote where he said that there was one scene in the novel that was too graphic that they didn't want to put in the movie. And the only thing that I saw that was really different, which may have been why they changed it from a girl to a guy, was the part where he, um, after he rescues her and they go to the, his friend's house and, and, and hang out there, the guy that tries to double cross him, um, she starts getting sick to her stomach and throwing up. And he had given her whatever, uh, an after after abortion pill or whatever you call it and so she was getting sick and he said in the book he's like that's just standard procedure if you've been kidnapped because we didn't know if you got raped blah 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 so i gave you these pills and i didn't tell you that i gave you these pills <laughs> so yeah um and i think that that was the only really thing that i saw that was different and so i don't know if that's what he was talking about hmm. in that's his post Could be. um not that correct yeah, I know. And it seems but... like every movie wants to have at least one vomiting scene these days. Well, yeah, I don't know. He did say in his post, you know, there was this, and if you ask me, I'll tell you what it is. But, I mean, for the most part, that's the only really thing that I saw that was different, other than the gender change. Cool. And the setting, the city, or whatever. Yeah, I don't know why they changed from South America to India. I don't know. I don't know either. It's weird, but I mean, it, you know, right down to the part where, you know, he, the character, the kid that gets kidnapped, whichever one it is, I mean, you know, in both versions, you know, they go to the nightclub and they go outside and they're smoking a joint and the cop comes up, shoots him in the head. You know what I mean? That's yeah. how they kidnap. I mean, that was like right there huh. in the book and the, and the thing. I mean, that scene played out. Cool. So... I don't, yeah. I don't either, man. I really, I like, yeah, I really enjoyed. Been, 
cost and just overall setting, you know, and things of that nature where they could get the the rights for filming could have been cheaper in India than say South America or something like that. Who knows? I don't know. Could be. You know? Yeah, I don't have no idea. Did they film Especially it? for as long as that thing kind of was in development hell, you know, type True. stuff compared to when that book came out. Yes. I'm sure different ideas floated around. Cool. Yeah, so, like I said, I don't remember the book that well. I thought the movie was decent. Yeah. But uh, other than the, the setting change and the main character, the movie pretty much followed the book. Cool. Um, I mean, you're not you're not going to get a whole lot out of either, different out of either one. Yeah, well, in the beginning I was like, I don't know why the Russo brothers wanted a graphic novel before a screenplay, but I guess they hadn't really done a lot of action-y type stuff at that point, so maybe that was a way to sell it or whatever. And Brian must be really bored. He's watching. Hey, Brian. Yes. Hey, Brian. Hey, Barbara. I saw you're watching, too. All right. What else we got? Uh, did you guys read? Did you read anything? Yeah, I read some stuff. Did you read anything, Scott? Are you watching any of the uh, Clone Wars Season 7? I have. I'm, I'm on, like, Season or Episode 6. We finally caught up to Season 7 because we started watching all of them. Okay. So we're caught well, up. The latest episode. Which I have not seen. Uh, we, we, I, so I won't really spoil, but there is like an, an excellent uh, Jedi duel lightsaber battle that's just almost better than tons of the ones in the movies. Yeah, they do a pretty good job with their lightsaber battles, I think. But yeah, uh, we're watching the ones where one, we're watching the episodes. One, they actually brought uh, Ray Park in and did some motion capture with him in oh, order to cool. try and then try to convert it over to to uh, to digital. Animation. Left. That's interesting. Um, yeah, we're in the episodes where Ahsoka's hooked up with those two sisters and they're running around or whatever. Have you seen those? Yeah, that's about boring as hell. Yeah, you they're not my favorite right now. The first, the, last... <laughs> the first like four episodes with the Bad Batch were pretty good. I, enjoy good. I enjoyed the Bad Batch. So, but yeah, uh, but the, the four episodes with the two sisters are pretty boring. You can maybe watch like the last one just so that you know that it's essentially going to go after Darth Maul. Yeah, and uh, well, the last two episodes are really pretty good. I really like Ahsoka's character, so I was kind of excited. But yeah, these episodes have not been the best. So, is it is the rumor yeah, that Rosario six at all? Yeah, correct. So is Rosar is the rumor that Rosario Dawson is going to be Ahsoka in Mandalorian? Is that true? I have not heard it confirmed by anybody that is really involved in the Reputable? production of Mandalorian. Okay, all right. So it's still a rumor. And so even Rosario Dawson was asked about it, and she would commit and say, oh, yeah, I'm doing it. Hmm. She just right. basically said, oh, that'd be really cool. <laughs> Yeah, uh, it would be really cool. You know, I like I say, I like Ahsoka, Ahsoka as a character, so it'd be interesting to see more of her and what happened to her and where she ended up. You know, well, she's in Rebels. She is I'm in Rebels. Start, I've never seen that. And I'm well, I was watching, asking. I've started watching Rebels now as well, and I'm about I'm I'm slow. I'm only halfway through season one, I think. Well, I was asking Zach, and he's like, "Well, Ahsoka died in Rebels." I'm like, "She did." That doesn't make any sense if she, she's going to be in the Mandalorian. So I looked it up, and it said that it looked yeah, like she might have, she dies but and then they, bring her back to they brought her back. Yeah, so I said, well, she didn't technically die. She just got a building collapsed on her or something. 
That's not a death, dude. She was like Princess Bride. She was just mostly dead. Oh, speaking of Zach, funny story. So Zach's been reading all the new Avengers, like the Brian Michael Bendis, like hardcovers that I have. And he's reading along, reading along. And I'm, you know, I look at what he's reading and it's like got like a bunch of the Civil War tie and stuff. I'm like, dude, you got to read Civil War. He's like, what's that? I'm like, it's not going to make any sense if you don't read Civil War. So I pull it up on like my iPad with the Marvel Limited and make him read Civil War because I don't have that in hardcover. And he, so he reads that and he's back on him. And then I'm like, oh, dude, you got to read Secret Invasion once you get to a certain point. He's like, why do they keep doing this? I'm like, well, it ties into like this big event. He's like, why? I was like, I don't know. That's just the way it is. You gotta need read. To make money. You gotta read the main event, or you, the other stuff's not gonna make sense. So I, so I took the Secret Invasion hardcover and said, okay, read it between hardcover five and hardcover six, and that's when you gotta read Secret <laughs> Invasion. We speak uh, Secret Invasion. We watched to the world of comic books. Exactly. Yeah. We watched um, Captain Marvel. Oh, nice. Because uh, my, my Barbara had never seen it. And I've only seen it the one time in the theater, so... How does that hold up on a second rewatch? I, you know what, I actually... I wasn't a big fan of it. I mean, I didn't hate it, but I didn't necessarily like it, like, love it. Um, I actually kind of liked it better the second time. Yeah, like, I think it's a decent movie. I think it's all I right. think I it's, say that. I think it's a decent movie also. I'm not trying to bag it. It just wasn't my... You know what I mean? Like, Yeah, it wasn't, well, it's not, like, the greatest. Like, I mean, it's definitely in the lower tier. If you ranked all the Marvel movies, it would be in the bottom. Right, half. but I, I think I enjoyed it more yeah. the second time around. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, but, it's a well-made movie. Yeah. It's fun. Cool. I, I watched uh, Thor Ragnarok again. Oh, and that's uh, in the upper that tier. A, yeah, I've seen... That is a well-made movie. That's a great movie. I've seen that movie, like, probably 20 times, at least. I love that movie. Have it's you seen so Jojo cool. Rabbit yet? No. I have. Was it good? I haven't seen it yet. Yeah, I liked it, but uh, Randy did not. Oh, because so, it's very satirical, right? Like, it, kind of... Yeah. It, it, it's typical... Uh, what is it? Taki... Takia or whatever. Uh, yeah. Okay. Whatever his name is the director. It, it's a typical type of movie from him. If you've like watched the uh, the Hunt for the Wilder People, yeah. you know where it's kind of a it's a drama with you know humor throughout. That's kind of Jojo Rabbit. Gotcha. It's very similar. I haven't seen that. But speaking of just absurdist humor, has has anybody watched Portlandia on Netflix? No. No. Oh man, that's a crazy show. Hmm. Is it? Well, it's got Fred Armisen and this other lady, and they just do, like, these weird skits about Portland, Oregon. I like him. He's okay. great. So, you, if, you're, if you like did that you kind know, of stuff. Did you mark your calendar? Parks and Rec is having a new episode tomorrow night. Oh, yeah, tomorrow oh, night. tomorrow night. Yeah. I knew they were going to have a new episode, but I didn't know when. So, tomorrow yes. night. Yes. All right. Yes. Yeah, we're watching, like, Parks and Rec on Netflix for, like, the third time. Oh, yeah? So, yeah. We just keep going back to it. Okay, so it's we should stuff. really start talking about comics, but yes, I did. I started Ozark last night. Oh, you never watched Ozark? One. Oh, that's a great I show. We just finished season three. Did Dad tell you about it? No, because he's watching it. No, we didn't bring it up. It never came up. I'll, oh, okay. I'll make sure and not bring it up around him because he will spoil the crap out of everything. Oh yeah, he might. Yeah. No, I I I'm like one and a half episodes in. Like that's where I'm at. Nice. You're yeah. nowhere near anywhere. No. Okay. Cool. Ozark's a good show. Yeah. I thought season two dragged a little bit. Season three is better though. Huh. So if you get mired down in season two, power through because season three is worth it. 
Yeah. My brother keeps telling me I should watch that one, so it, it's on my list of. Well, usually I don't listen to your to brother, but he does have good taste in television because he does like The Wire, and that's the greatest show on television. And yes, he he does say the same thing about that. Yeah, have you watched he The Wire? He does have a lot of good taste in television. That one, uh, Godless. Uh, he he told me about that one. I love Godless. I haven't watched that. Is that He's the Western? Uh, Westworld, I think, right now though, or whatever. Oh uh, yeah, I, don't, I haven't watched Westworld. He said The Watchmen on HBO was not that good. Oh, uh, really? Hmm. Yeah, he was not that impressed. So but you watched uh, Chernobyl as well, and he loved it. Yeah. He turned me on to that one as well. Cool. I don't have HBO. So did Dave Gibbons. He Dave, liked The Watchmen? No, he said it wasn't that good. Really? Yeah. Well, it's weird because that show, actually, like... he didn't say that it wasn't that good. He, okay. he actually said something more along the lines of, it would have been better if it didn't exist. <laughs> I thought but, he was promoting it in, in the, the vein beginning. of, but it, he was. It, it was in the vein of the same thing that, like, the movie and the after Watchmen, like before Watchmen, before Watchmen, like it all should have just not existed. Watch, yeah, like Watchmen should be it, and that's a, nothing well, yeah. else. I agree with that a hundred percent. I mean, he said he enjoyed it, but it wasn't. I mean, maybe I'll say it's okay to have a film adaptation since it was fairly, you know close to the source material but yeah. um yeah other than the entire end of it that's true but i don't see any point of the other stuff but just my take it's a, whatever it is whatever all right let's talk about comics all right what did you read i did i only well, have like two kinda, things oh. i only have, have much like stuff on my ipad but um scott you're is now scott's scott's on oh, no. on i need to switch him back over to, well i could probably no I could, what I did you my, read scott Anything? well i have an idea i'll be back Okay. Did you read anything, Scott? I read a flashback. Why the Last Why Man? Is that the first trade? So it, it, I thought it would work well as a good apocalyptic quarantine whatever. Yeah. Is that the first trade? Yeah, it's the first trade. I've got like all ten of them or whatever it is. Cool. So did you just... I didn't read all ten of them either. Right. I, I really remember nothing about Why the Last Man. I read it as it was coming out. I have it in single issues, and I haven't read. I haven't gone back to it. That's what Scott read, Why the Last Man? Yeah. I remember really... I did. All I re- 60 issues? No, just the first no, trade. No, not all 60. I just read the first trade because I wanted to read an apocalyptic, apocalyptic type of uh, book. Nice. With a monkey. With, With a, a monkey. monkey. Well, that makes sense. Well, how was it in your flashback? It's good. It's really good. I want to almost just like rush through and read the other, uh, what is it, 54 issues. Yeah. Yeah, I have the hardcovers, and I I actually bought them. And I it has like great, haven't read great them. visuals like this, you know, and stuff. Oh, nice. Liking that. Um, yeah, I didn't double dip on that one. I didn't buy the hardcovers. I didn't buy the single issues. But I'd So I won because I'd rather have the hardcovers than I the would single issues. I too. Sometimes it pays off covers. to be late to the I party. I just bought the, the basic uh, softcover right. collections. That's all right. Drew will ruin his hardcovers when he reads them anyway. I will not. Anytime he touches... Hardcovers hold up. It's trade paperbacks I destroy. Anytime he touches anything, it falls apart. It's just like Just trade paperbacks. I don't know why they do. You're like... You're like a carrion in the, the Spider-Man universe, but with graphic novels. Carrie in the Spider-Man. Carrion. 
Carrion. Carrion. Oh, I touched the gra the trade paper. Just trade paperbacks. So right. Covers are fun. And they d they dissolve. Yes, they do dissolve. I do have I to say though it. that the biting in this book is like freaking insane. Like slow. I mean, fast. No, it's great. Oh. I mean, it's just fast, but but yet not too crazy though either. I mean, he's introduced Brian Bond. There just knows how to write. Yeah, it's he's almost good. a lesson in you know how to write in this medium. He is the know, king of the cliffhanger thing. too. Like every issue ends on a cliffhanger, doesn't it? He, yeah, yeah, he does quite a bit of that, uh, but I in a good way. I don't. Yeah, yeah. There you go. It's in a good way. Makes you want to read the next and issue. It's not always something where it's like, "Oh, I gotta go right away." It's just like, "Oh boy," you know, type yeah. thing. Here's something coming. Yeah. What's well, funny because I was really into Lost at one point, the TV show, and like season two, like oh, every yeah. episode ends on like a cliffhanger, like a great like little kind of thing. And Brian K. Vaughn was like a major writer for the show that season or whatever. So that is correct. He is a master of that. Uh, make you want to watch the he next is, one. But I just think the pacing and characterization in general in this first book, you know, is just incredible. Yeah, he's introducing all these characters bringing the pieces together, but yet still moving this thing at a decent enough pace that you don't feel bored, I didn't think. Correct. And that, that's TV show supposed to be coming out at some point. I think it got kind of derailed a little bit. Like they lost their lead or their showrunner, and then they had to kind of reset or something. So. But FX is making it. Oh, are they? Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. That could be good. I'll probably have to tell my brother to watch it and then tell me if it's any good. Yes. <laughs> Good plan. Yes, you will. All right, so Scott did one. Do you want to do one? Um, I did the... I sort of did the seed. Did All right. I did read uh, Royal City. I had that bound up, like the single issues. Right. Royal City. Royal City is... I'm going to go get, get a refill. All, All right. right, you do that. All right, Royal City is by Jeff Lemire. He writes it and draws it. It's a very um, character-driven story. You no, know, like... It's slice it's, of life. It's very slice of life, but it's basically about this family, um, parents, and then there's I think there's four kids, two, uh, three brothers and a daughter, sister, and uh, when the youngest the youngest dies when he's like like fourteen, fifteen, mm -hmm. and it affects the rest of the family obviously quite a bit. And the first issue, it's like probably twenty years later after this. He's died, and every family member is carrying, like, a version of the dead brother with them. Like, the mother has a version that she talks to where he, like, became a priest. And, like, the burnout brother has, like, a version where he just hangs around with him, and they drink beer and get high and just cause trouble. You know, so every... And then the sister has a version where he's, like, a little kid where she babysits him, because that's what she remembers. Right. So every version... Every every person in the family has a different version of them that they kind of carry around with them. And the, the series quickly kind of shows you where each person is in their life, and pretty much everybody's life has kind of fallen apart. Like, the older brother became a writer, and he wrote one good novel that he basically kind of stole from his younger brother's journals. And then his second book that he wrote was all him, and it kind of bombed. And now he's supposed to do a third book, and, like, that he's passed the deadline. He hasn't even written a word, and his 
and his uh, agents calling him, hey, that publisher wants the book. He's like, oh, yeah, it's all in my notebooks. So I just got to get it down. He's like, dude, it was due like six months ago. And right. So anyway, so it's kind of that. There's a, and that's the one bad thing about it is there's a lot of very kind of obvious tropes. Like, you know, you got the the guy who's wife the writer who hasn't delivered his book and his marriage is falling apart then you got the sister and she's trying to make a big real estate deal but her husband is mad at her and they're right. getting a divorce so everybody's life is kind of falling apart you know but anyway so he introduces all these characters and kind of gives you their status and then and then they he takes like that's the first arc kind of gives you what's going on with them and the second arc it goes back to like the 90s when the brother was alive and kind of it's like a kind of a week in the life of him leading up to his death or whatever, you know. And so the whole series is like 14 issues, I think. And so you got the first arc. Second arc is back in the 90s. It's really cool because Jeff Lemire kind of grew up in the 90s like we did. He liked all kind of the same music. And so it really yeah. feels very much he, like the 90s. He released soundtracks for like... Yeah, he issue. has like a playlist for a each playlist. issue. So that's kind of cool too. And then the oh, last... Really? Yeah, and then the last arc, he kind of just wraps it all up and has... You know, you're not really a happy ending, but definitely uh, an ending where every character actually is fairly happy. Yes. Every character kind of finds their path. They've all been kind of lost and not dealing with their brother's death very well. And now they kind of come to grips and kind of figure out where their life needs to go from here. And it kind of, I don't know. You read that book, The Knicks, right? Oh, yeah. It almost reminds me of that a little it bit, does. doesn't it? Don't oh, you see yeah. a lot of parallels? It's very interesting. Yeah. Because, I mean, I'm sure that neither one of those writers has read each other's work. <laughs> I think they came out about the same time. But I see all sorts of, like, very similar yeah. parallels. But uh, it's super well done. Um, it's very character-driven. You know, it's it's almost like, a, I really like, like an it. Oprah Book of the Month type of thing. Yeah. You know, it's like it's got characters and, you know, it's, they feel like real people. And he does a great job hey, of drawing them. So anyway, uh, hey, Jeff Lemire, Royal City. Um, if you're into that kind of slice of life, uh, just kind of books about people and just, you know, it's really well it's done. It's really good. It's really good. Like I said, it's very satisfying. The ending all comes together and it just tells like a really complete story. And he said, does such a good job of drawing the characters, like making them real. They really feel like real people. You feel like you know them. He just, usually when you read stuff like that, Novels typically do a better job of that than graphic novels do, just because they have more words. But he's able to do it in a graphic novel format, and it's just really impressive. So, I really, really, really enjoyed the Knicks. I thought it was a great book. I, yes. I want to go back and I I listened to it. I didn't actually gotcha. read, it. read it. I would love to read, have, read it or re-listen. I have to the it. copy of it if you yeah. want to borrow it. So. I don't want to read it. Okay. Yeah. Who wants to? Read I want to listen to it. <laughs> But yeah, I've got plenty of stuff to read. I hear you. <laughs> so anyway, so yeah, Royal City. Um, like I said, I had it in single issues. It was fun to kind of go and read it all at once over like a couple yeah. of days, and it just feels very complete and just very, uh, very well done. Really enjoyed it. Cool. I will talk about this as much as I can remember. Oh man, on the stump. Oh, I almost bought that. You almost bought it. You should almost have bought, bought it. it. It's pretty good. On the stump. So it's the first two issues of On the Stump. Um, it's a new series by. Um, you don't know the names, do you? No, nah, I don't know who created it. Oh, okay. Brown, somebody Brown. Somebody Brown, somebody Prinzy, and Cowles. He must be the colors. Yeah, he's probably the colors. Or the letter. The letter, one of the two. Anyway, this is set. Apparent, I would assume somewhere in the near future. Near future. And basically, should be called on the trunk. 
Well, it's interesting. It is a political book, so the I know that's why Congress, like the senators, they don't vote on bills. They basically have they have this huge round platform that's a stump. They call it the stump, and it's a pedestal. And whenever a senator wants to pass a bill, they basically have a a, a, a MMA boxing. They have a boxing match, and whichever senator wins, it either passes or it fails. Like that's how they pass legislation now, which should probably be the way oh, it's done yeah. anyway. <laughs> so it starts out with one of these old senators, and he. He's an older senator, and he hasn't been able to pass a bill. He hasn't won a fight in, like, forever or whatever, and like, in six years. And he's kind of washed up, and so it starts out with just a, a fight, and he pulls like a Rocky. So here, like, it's on the – if you can see it, it's, like, on the National Mall, and they have a big stump right there, and you can see the – wait, it's not even on camera. Well, it's on the phone. Oh, I need to show you on the it's camera. It's on the phone. But you're all good. Yeah, so, like, they're on this big stump, and it's you can see the um, Washington Monument in the back, blah, blah, blah. And so that's oh, nice. that's kind of the way, and so it's almost like a rocky, like, they have an announcer, and, you know, people, they have a crowd, and How they How'd they cheer. find a tree that big? Ready to right. They cheer for, like, which senator they want to win, and they even bet on it, like, they gamble on it and stuff, and uh, um, so... It, it's got a more detailed story where... How are you reading this? Because this is, like, fairly recent. Doesn't yeah, you have I know. like, long boxes of books from, like, last two years that you're supposed I, to catch up on? I do. You can't jump around. You need a first in, first out, dude. Well, I tried that, but this was something... That's cool. You see the dude's this? eyeball just gets punched out. Well, show it to the oh, listener. Wow. Well, I know, but Scott can't eyeball. see it. Well, that I have to do. show it to Scott and the people. Well, you know... So, anyway, it, it gets into, like, more of a... So, there's this one senator that's, like, on the, the West Coast, Coast, and he's wanting to... It's, it's kind of like a political intrigue kind of thing where you've got uh, people behind the scenes that are not quite, you know, doing what they're supposed to be doing. And, um, but it, it's cool. The, the art is, is nice. I, I don't... I've never seen the guy that does it, but... Uh, um, like I said, it's a it's an interesting little series. I mean, if, if you like, Chuck kinda, Brown is a writer in Prinzi. He just goes by Prinzi, apparently. And Cal's is the letterer. Yes, so he does the coloring so too. The art, well, the artist does the coloring. Yeah, also. Prinzi. Yeah, Prinzi. But anyway, it it's interesting. It's kind of a cool, neat little new series. I mean, I know letters are important, but I don't know if letters really need to be listed on the cover. Well, if you can't put the colorist on there, put the letterer on there. You get I three guess. people on there. Who cares? Did put I, everybody did on I there. Did I tell you there was a book, Protector, that book I've been buying? Yeah. Like, okay, so the solicitation lists, like, all the creators, and it lists, like, uh, you know, in this weird order. And when I was looking at solicitation, I was like, well, I like that Tartakovsky. He's the guy. I love his art, right? Right. And so I was like, if he does the art, I'll totally buy it. But it lists all the creators, and Tartakovsky's like at the end. I'm like, oh, did he just do like the cover or something? Or why is, I don't know. So I did some more research. Turned out he did the art. And so I like actually emailed the writer of the book. I said, dude, your solicitation sucks. Because I almost did not buy this book because you have Tartakovsky, the main artist guy, listed at the end. 
And I'm like, I wasn't sure that he even did the interior art because there weren't any preview pages of the art or whatever. I was like, so I almost didn't order it. But if I knew he did the art, I would order it. You need to list what each person is doing in the solicitation. He's like, yeah, we don't have any control over that. We just wanted to list the whole team. And Image said, if you list the whole team, it just goes in like alphabetical order or something stupid and it doesn't list what they did. I'm like, all right, well, then you shouldn't list the whole team. You should just list the writer and the artist so I know who the freaking artist is because... Because they had like five people listed. And I'm like, they had like the letter and the colorist and the pincer. And they had like two writers. I'm like, all right, I just, I need to know who make who does the art in the book so I know if I want to buy it, dude. That, one, that's important. One, if you're the writer and you get an email like that, don't you take out a slap in the face because you're not interested in the book? Well, I don't know the writer. He's like a art. new dude. I, he hasn't done anything. And then two, you are bored as fuck at home if that's what you're doing well you're he responded to me and he's like writer of a he's book like yeah I, he to, agreed to with complain. me he's like yeah i get it i understand now, and then also i think that's bs because <laughs> but i mean kirkman's kirkman kirkman can solicit right anything he wants in a solicit for walking dead it was like three yeah words. but this is like a yeah, but this is like a newbie guy. Like he's got no no cachet or whatever. I don't you call. know. That doesn't. Anyway, I wrote I wrote the writer and said, "Dude, you need to fix your solicitation because wow. you almost lost a sale." Hmm. I was okay. like, "If you want to sell me a book, tell me who freaking draws it and tell me who freaking writes it. I'm not going to buy a book because of the colorist or the letterer. I mean, it's fine to give them credit, but don't. If you want to give them credit, don't make them prominent because then I'm confused. I don't know who did what." If your image solicitation can't tell you what each person did, then don't freaking list them so I know what I'm buying. I'm really yeah. getting irritated with um, with uh, one aspect of because I did my order online with DC with, with who I buy my books through <laughs> online, <laughs> and that whole new line of books that um, it's like. A W A. It, yeah, I think it's, it's some good stuff. It's the one that Straczynski's uh -huh. doing. Yeah, about that. And book. I'm buying a lot of stuff. That it's not listed. What's like that? That, that publisher oh. is not listed online at all. And so like, every month they don't have a website, or they're not on the well, website. No, they're not. They're not on the website anywhere on the book. Well, like, why? You go to other, and they're not there. Why aren't they there? Did you complain? I have no idea. No, I haven't. How do you order I'm the sure they have plenty. I'm sure they... Well, that's what I have to do. I have to go into the search. Oh, it's search There's a search, and issue. I have to type in the title. Uh, and every single one, because I bought, I think, like three or four of the titles. Mm -hmm. The I And I type in The Resistance. Yeah. Like, that's the name of the book. That book better be good. And it doesn't pop up. Like, it doesn't come up at all. Yeah. So then I type in Resistance. It doesn't come up. So then I go, okay, I'll type in Diodato. I type in Diodato, the fucking book comes up. Wow. The Resistance comes up when I search Diodato. Wow. And I'm like, are you kidding me? Like, I I'm almost, not kidding you. I almost gave up and just didn't buy. I'm almost giving up and not buying anything by that publisher because it shouldn't be that hard. It shouldn't be. But it's not the publisher's fault in that case. No, it's not. But in this case, it was the writer's fault. fault. Should I really have to work that freaking hard? To no, order, no, you shouldn't. Order but like I said, that's the people who made the website's fault, not. And they probably have their hands tied now since they're. Uh, oh, they're fucked. Since they're distri <laughs> since they're a distributor now. <laughs>
Oh my god, that's, we didn't even talk about. We didn't even. We should talk. do some comic book news because it is. I don't even know what's going broken. on. I don't even know what's going on. All I see is headlines. Are there even comic books being like delivered right now? They are not. They are so, not. did you not hear? You don't follow comic book news. So check this out. So Diamond Comics, the the exclusive dis distributor of most comic books in North America, um, basically. Hey, Bill Hook's Bill watching. Basically, they said we're not going to deliver any comic books. I think it was like starting like the week of April fourth or something. And they said we're right, we're stopping yeah. all distribution. And I heard something about that. So DC Comics said, who has an exclusive agreement with Diamond, says. Well, there's some shops open that have that want product to sell because not everybody, every comic book shop is shuttered, right? There's some states where you can be open. Mm -hmm. They're like, so we're gonna hire two other distributors that aren't you, Diamond Comics, and they're gonna distribute our books until you get your shit together, and possibly beyond that. So now DC created two new distri distributors. One is Midtown Comics, who I believe is a comic book shop in New York City who yes. had a major account with DC and handled all their subscriptions, they're going to be a distributor. Another is Discount Comic Book Service, who is a web-based comic book delivery service. They created a distribu distribution company, and DC is going to distribute comic books through them. So now, as a comic book retailer, you can either you can get books from Lunar Distribution or this new uh, Midtown Comics. They have another name. Yeah, too, I can't remember what, what I remember their name Lunar, was. Lunar, and I don't remember the other one. But anyway, so you can, so as a comic book shop, you can order your books through them, or you can wait till Diamond gets their shit together, which sounds like May twentieth is where they're going to start shipping books again. Yeah. Or you can order from them and get your books on May twentieth. But if you want books now, you got to order from one of these other distributors, and then. But that's only for DC, though, right? Only for, for, only for DC. DC. So DC now has their books being distributed through three different distribution companies. And you as a comic book retailer can choose which distributor you want to order from. That's got to be so... And going forward, May 20th, when Diamond gets back online, it sounds like these two distributors are still going to be in play. Wow. But, cool. uh, so, but that... Is it? <laughs> but that... Many retailers are very angry. The thing that... The... Oh, Really? Why well, is that? Well, some of them are closed. Like, if you're in San Francisco, you can't be open. So you got some comic book shops in the country getting stuff from other distributors, and some comic book shops can't sell anything, and so they're going to have to wait for Diamond to get online. And and the problem with ordering from multiple distributors, it's all based on volume. So if you're a comic book shop and you're ordering from three different distributors, you're not going to get the same volume because it's based on... You're not going to get the same discount because it's based on volume. So you really want all your crap right, right. coming from one guy. But, I mean, it's still open competition, man. I mean, you go to, as a comic book owner, I'm going to go to whoever's going to give it to me the best deal. But Correct. Christ. Correct. And on time. Yeah. Well, the thing that confuses... And obviously, Diamond wasn't doing that all the time either, though. Correct. Diamond's a horrible company. It's so funny because they're so bad at their job, but yet these comic book retailers are, like, coming online and be like, I love Diamond. I'm sticking with Diamond because right. they're the... And it's like, really? Have you ever worked with Diamond? Because they're horrible. How can you stick up for them now? I mean, I'd be like praising. I mean, the only problem is, is that this Lunar and this other one, they only distribute DC. So if you want all your other image and Marvel and stuff, you still right. got to go through. So, and the other problem is, is that the new dis distribution companies are both associated with a discounted online comic book service. And so that's your direct competition is now your distributor. If you're a comic book yeah. retailer. So that's the other issue I think they have. So anyway, it's that's an interesting... That's where I would see the bigger issue. Yeah, yeah. So it's an interesting thing that has happened. It's It'll be interesting to see how it all shakes out. But Well, the thing that would drive me nuts is I don't understand... So if, let's say that I'm a comic book store, right? 
You are a comic book store. Right. I'm a comic book store. That's how we're pretending. And I put in an order with Diamond for 50 copies of Batman 92. Oh, yeah. Right? They, yep. Okay. So I have my orders for Diamond. They stopped production. Now they're going to they're gonna ship it to Lunar, and I can get 50 copies of Batman from Lunar. Uh-huh. Now, when Diamond comes back online, yeah. am I going to get my 50 copies? Nope. So what happened was uh, DC made Diamond zero out all of the orders that had been previously placed. Okay. So now as a comic book store, all your DC comic orders with Diamond are zeroed out. You have nothing on order with Diamond of new product that hasn't come out yet. Hmm. So you now have to choose to where do I want to get my stuff from. If you want it from Diamond, you have to resubmit a new order. Like now? Like right now. I think final order cutoff was like yesterday or in a week or tomorrow. I don't know. Oh, my God. I feel so sorry for those fucking so, people. So, yeah. So, as a That's retailer, insane. you have to... Everything's zeroed out. So, you have to now decide where you want to get your DC Comics from. I wonder Nobody. If, I, wonder if Brian, I wonder if Brian's still watching. Because that would be interesting to hear. <laughs> What the hell he's doing? Like, what's going through his head? Like, what he's doing? Well, it's so funny, because I, 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 I check the news sites daily, and it's like, one day Diamond's like, no, your orders are not zeroed out. And the next day DC's like, oh, yes, they are. And then Diamond's like, oh, yeah, I guess they are. Jesus. Because <laughs> Diamond's like, no, they aren't. And DC's like, yeah, they are. And Diamond's like, oh, I guess they are. Okay, DC, you're right. We're wrong. I mean... It's so funny because... Well, it's, it's funny because it's not me. Right. It's interesting, though, because... It is fascinating I, from, a, like, a watching a train wreck. Right. And, I mean, I'm in a I'm in a unique position. I love comic books. I love to read comic books. I like to get new comic books. But I'm so far behind, like, I don't care. You I'm know okay I mean? that we haven't had any new comic books for, like, a month. Because I'm like, hey, right. I can get caught up. Right, and and I mean that's the thing. I mean it's like with me, I'm like the odd man out. Like I get it. Like I love comics. I love the medium. I love to buy them. I love to read them. But if I don't, I mean I'm used to getting my comics once a month anyway. Yeah, you know what I mean. And I have so much stuff backed up that like I'm not going to lose my mind if I don't get Avengers number forty seven like this week. Yeah, you're you know not reading it this week because anyway. I'm not reading it this week anyway. And I mean so. To me, like, a break, it doesn't really affect me as a reader or a collector or whatever. Now, I mean, yes, I'm a collector, so I want to make sure that I'm going to get those copies eventually. Sure. But, I mean, in the near future, it does, and I'm I'm essential, so I'm still working. So I don't have, I'm not sitting around <laughs> all day with time on my hands, bored out of my mind. You know what I mean? Like I've been off for four weeks and I'm not bored either, and I really haven't been reading that many comic books. So, but I I can see where it it is an issue, especially for people that, excuse me, retailers, people that own shops. It's a huge deal for them. Oh, definitely. Like, I completely get that, and, oh, yeah. and I feel bad for them, and I sympathize, I sympathize for them, with them, whatever Correct. you want to say. Like I get it, but I mean, in the grand scheme of things. It's like, I get it, it's a business, it's people's livelihoods, artists, writers, like, people, like, they just read a story that Disney, 
like laid off like a ton of people, yeah. which was Marvel also. Like they were in that department. Yeah. So there are a lot of people that are not getting paid. They're Correct. not getting paychecks. Yeah. But it's just yeah. so funny because I mean it's like it's just it's almost like, you know, on one on the extreme other end, I'm like, I'm I'm Alan Iverson sitting at the thing going, We're talking about comics. <laughs> you know what I mean? Practice. It's, it's practice. <laughs> it's comics, man. We're talking about comics, you know, they're supposed to be fun. There's supposed to be a, a getaway, you know, your escape. You know, you sit down and you just forget about everything and read it. You know what I mean? And, but it's so, I don't know. It's just so weird that it's like it. It's such monetary value. You know what I mean? Like it's a huge business. But but in the grand scheme of things, everybody's always complaining about. Well, comics aren't anything. You know what I mean? Like yeah. like they don't mean anything. They're, they're, they're not, they don't make that much money. Like Marvel makes no money off of their comic books. It's yeah. all the movies and stuff, but it is a huge thing. So, I mean, you've been pounded into your head for like the last 10 years that, you know, comics are worthless and comics aren't worth any, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. like not that they're worthless, but I mean, you get this fact that they're like, you know, the redheaded stepchild of all media yeah. and they don't really mean anything. But when you get this huge shutdown like we've had for a month or however long it's been, it's like everything is ground to a halt. Yeah. And it's like, it is a thing. It does affect a ton of people. It does. It's everything affects. Yeah, I mean, well, Don, I think it's... You, you made a point there, too, that some people, you know, are getting laid off and things. Is there a fear, then, that certain comics may stop being published at oh, yeah. this point? Oh, yeah. I think there's always a fear because, I mean, I think you have that... I mean, they're a month and a half or whatever of, like, no comics being published. Well, all these writers and artists, you know, it's like, well, I was barely hanging on as it was, you know, and now I'm not getting any new comics on the shelf, no revenue, you know. So, yeah, I'm expecting a lot of books to get canceled, to be mm. quite honest. Yeah. I, didn't really... I guess where I'm going with some of that is, is that probably is more where my fear would come from as a consumer of the product, you know, type thing would be, not only maybe from my collection, but from the fact of a story that I enjoyed that maybe wasn't as mainstream as some others may just not get finished. Yeah, and that's, that's a true. That's a real fear. Here, here's the thing, though, Scott. Or here's the thing, though, Scott. Um, as a comic book collector for thirty-five plus years, whatever, however long. Shit doesn't get finished anyway. Shit doesn't get You're finished anyway. <laughs> Stuff will come out. You're always it. rolling the dice. You're this always story rolling never the finishes. dice, dude. So, I mean... That's a good point. Although I do understand what you're saying, and yeah, it does suck. I don't care. If, if a book comes out, it comes out. Yeah, I'm, I'm excited about it. But, I mean, I would have... 20 years ago, I would have cared more about it. You know what I mean? Like, oh, no. Yeah. Like I only got Age, young wisdom and experience. I only got young blood number deal. seven. Come on, Rob, give me number eight. You know, but I've been burned by Rob Liefeld like fifteen yeah. times. But then again, and, Don, you like don't even buy the middle issue of a bunch of right. Comics. That's like, true. You skip issues. I read them out of order. Out of order. You I miss mean, an issue. It, does, it doesn't matter. Yeah. Um. So. It's all good. But yeah, I mean, I I get what you're saying. Um. And and like I said, but I also I'm, understand what you're saying as well. I'm not, I'm not trying to make light of this situation. I mean, there are real-world situations. Like, you know, we know people that own comic book stores, and I mean, yeah. they're fucking hurting. I'm yeah. sure they are. Oh, I'm yeah. afraid some of them are going to go under. Game stores, comic the ones book that stores, I mean, you know. And then, I mean, that's just people that we know, like, in our inner circle. And then, I mean, you know, with, you know, comic book creators. I mean, 
you go on Facebook and I mean everybody's doing fucking commissions now. Yes. It's like it's like I was like, oh, yeah. it's I'm like taking commissions. Right now. Have commission opened. list I mean, is open. Commission list. Are you guys ordering any? No, I don't have any money. No, I don't, I don't know if I'm gonna have a job in here. I don't have any money either. <laughs> well, and the thing too, I mean, I mean, honestly, seriously, like, you know, conventions are are a big they they make decent the big ones they make money you know yeah. that's how artists make money and oh yeah you know you've lost everything almost everything this well, year i mean san diego's been yeah, canceled well, not only the bigger artists but even the smaller artists that's how they make a yeah, lot of their money yeah they just go to commissions every weekend and if there's no commission there's no conventions to go to and so right. like their revenue so, is right. zero yeah, I mean, you know, Heroes got canceled finally. Smallville's canceled. Smallville canceled. Oh, Heroes I mean, was canceled? Yeah, they canceled. Yeah, Heroes was canceled. Yeah, they did San it last Diego Friday. Comic-Con. San Diego San Diego Comic-Con I saw it was canceled. It's canceled. I mean, are, are we going to... They moved... Um, uh, they moved Planet, but do you think that ultimately it will get canceled? I don't think... Yeah, it's not going to happen. August ain't going to happen. I think it might. Chris Jackson likes money. It ain't up to Chris Jackson, though. And here's the thing, well, too. Here's the thing, that was too. The thing was he didn't want to cancel it in March. Yeah, I know. And, and the city essentially forced. <laughs> they did, band. but I don't think the city will have a ban by then. Can Maybe you, they will. I don't know. I mean, uh, from his point of view, I mean, can can you blame him? I mean, no, I don't. I I would not. Of... I would not want to cancel it either. And the thing is, like at that point, you know, it was early on. Yeah. But here's the thing, too, though. You know, everybody's. At home, everybody's shut in. You know, you, you're not going to theaters, you're not going to restaurants, and everybody's talking about, well, when things do open up, are people going to feel comfortable going out and going to stuff? You know, like big gatherings. Yeah. So, I mean, that's even the thing. I mean, in August... Well, you know, there was even a, it, a report that I just read today that said that basically it was like an informal poll, you know, one of those telephone, you know, call survey type things. That said, as many as forty percent of the people they interviewed would not go to any of those type of things—concerts, yes. theaters, right. this type of stuff—until a vaccine's out there. So that's the thing. People got- say that, but they have short memories. If the numbers start dropping and it starts to become less of it, and the media stops kind of hammering it, I don't know. I think people. But start but here's here's where I wonder with with Planet with Chris Jackson. I mean, that's... I give it fifty fifty. It's a huge. It's a huge production. It's a huge amount of money to put that thing on. Yeah. Are you going to put that thing on and then instead of having whatever, 60,000 people show up, 20,000 people show up? You know he ain't going to make any money doing it. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, are you going to lose money on it? Yeah, he won't. Um, so I don't know. I mean, August, it seems a long ways away, but it's not very far away. Yeah, and I mean, we're not going to be... I mean. I'm I'm worried about November. Yeah, exactly. You know, one thing, yeah. you know, several things. Like I'm worried about November. It's like one. And what kind of rules are you going to have to have? Right. What kind of rules are you going to have to have? Is, is everything going to be back to normal? And then you start thinking they're already talking second wave. You know, coming yeah. in in the in the fall. So are we going to be yeah. right in the middle of the second wave in November? I mean, you know. Yeah, it's all good questions. You're going to hand everybody a mask with their poster as they enter? <laughs> right. I mean, and the thing of that um, Fountain City, yeah, they moved to December. Wow. Yeah, they postponed. They moved to like December 8th or something. Uh, the, the, only, yeah, the only one that I haven't 
seen yet is um, clots. His, uh, the the pre oh, not, not the pre state it's not pre state but it's the uh, Casey Bancon yeah and it's supposed to be like June like the first week of June or the second week of June well I haven't and, heard anything about Gen Con yet either and that's in August yeah that ain't gonna happen dude I can't imagine it is either but they still haven't announced yet right well that's the thing with heroes I mean I've been waiting and waiting and waiting because I was gonna go this year and uh, yeah, where's they, that at it's in Charlotte. North Carolina? North Carolina? Yeah. Yeah. But, uh, okay. but yeah, I mean, it's like, it was like June 19th, June 20th. So. Uh, I'm tired of talking about the coronavirus. Okay. I mean, that's all I freaking hear about every fucking day. Well, I understand, but it has to do with what we're I talking know. about. But. Uh, it well, it was a convention type thing in general. Yeah. yeah. All right, what do you got, Scott? You're next. I have nothing else. Damn it, Scott. Damn it, Scott. So it's back to me? I guess because oh, I listed on the stump in a thirty-minute thing about coronavirus. I read Rumble. I've had my Rumble Volume One and Two bound up. Oh, nice! This is a book that put James Heron on the map. Now he's a phenomenon. Well, he's not Ooh. doing anything now. James Heron. James Heron. H A R R E N. He's a phenomenon. Heron. James okay. Heron. So this is a book by John Arcudi and James Heron. He made his comic book money with Rumble and then just got the F out. No, I don't anything. think he made much money with Rumble. <laughs> so Dave Stewart just got just the F out. He's not out. <laughs> What's right, he doing? I don't know what Don's talking about. But anyway, this is Rumble. So it's about Rathrak. 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 He's this guy Rathrak. in this cover here. See him with the like, oh, Scott can't see him. Oh, no, put it on the phone. So, anyway, Rathrak's this weird, like, hooded guy with this giant freaking sword. Turns out he's, like, a sort of a god. Not quite a god. But he's an immortal from, like, many years ago when immortals roamed the earth. And he was, uh... Hey, unfortunately, Chris. Chris is watching. I don't know who Chris is. Oh, your daughter. Yeah. Nice. That so, there's lots of Chris's, dude. Alright. So, anyway, Rathrak, um, he was, a uh, Kind of a he fought these monsters many years ago as an immortal roaming the earth. Well, his uh, soul was stolen from his body, and it was imprisoned. Well, now his soul has escaped and taken the body of this scarecrow in modern day, you know, times. And he went and found his sword, and he's still running around trying to kill these monsters and trying to find his body. So that's the basic gist of it. So he runs into some colorful characters in the city, like one guy who's kind of like an obnoxious kind of know-it-all type of, you know, boastful type guy. And then another guy who's more of the sensitive type. But anyway, they're best friends. So he kind of runs around with them, and he's running around chasing monsters, killing monsters. But yeah, it's good stuff. Um, Rumble. But yeah, um, there were 15 issues of it from Image with James Heron and John Arcudi, the writer. Um, and then it went on a hiatus, and it came back with a new artist, same writer, and they kind of continued the story. Because I guess James Heron decided he he wasn't making any money, and the sales were kind of dropping off. But John Arcudi, the writer, had felt like he had more stories to tell. So he relaunched it with a new number one, and it ran for like 18 issues, I think, with the new artist. And uh, so I bound all of those into one big, giant hardcover, and then I read them all. And... It's Rumble. Wow. Definitely the first 15 issues with the James Heron art was the best. The second um, series was okay. Not near as good as the first series, in my opinion. I really missed the James Heron art, which I felt 
was the biggest selling point for the book because James Heron is phenomenal. I don't know why Don said he's not doing anything. He did uh, that Thor stuff. I thought he did something else. Maybe he hasn't. He came back for the very last issue and <laughs> Don does not like his new beer. What beer is that, Don? It's the, I was going to tell Scott. The pineapple? You're missing the historic, Scott. I'm drinking a fruit beer. A hazy pineapple IPA. It's a hazy pineapple IPA. Is it that bad? So, anyway, Rumble. Let's focus. Rumble. First 15 issues, excellent. Second 18 issues, decent. Not as good, but still okay. And I think sales dropped so low that they, I don't think any more are coming. That's why I bound it. They haven't solicited any more issues. They didn't ever officially end it, so it could come back. But I'm you know, guessing you know, probably not. You know how every time you would come over, Scott, and you'd have like some kind of a fruit beer or whatever? Oh, look, he's in. Yeah. Hey, Scott's that, got a cool background. <laughs> how do you do that? I want to do a cool Zoom background. You know, you know how like every time you would come over, Scott, and you're like, ooh, I got this. Uh, Whatever, raspberry beer or a pineapple, you know what, whatever it is, and I always say no. Yeah. There's a reason why I always say no. Do you have like a uh, Tiger Tiger King background? No, but Wolverine's behind us. Ooh, now we don't see Scott. I can fix that. Oh, no. Sorry. How about that one? Ooh. I don't know. We can't see you, sir. Oh, now we see you. Oh, you're, you're in Cloud City. And I'm like, Don is like kinda... mixing into the background. That's weird. That is he is. Oh, That's I cray like cray. That. Oh, wow. Like, no, it's not the shirt. Not the shirt. All right, anyway, like green screen. Rumble. Very good. James Heron. Amazing. He kind of like exploded onto the art scene. But um, yeah, I don't know what he's doing. He did the Thor stuff. He did another. He came back into the issue of Rumble. Yeah. I thought he did something else. He did a couple issues of Seven to Eternity. Oh, did he? So he's been doing like a little things here and okay. there. Okay. Do not drink the hazy pineapple IPA. Dude. Don is not a fan of the hazy pineapple IPA. I, I will keep that one in mind. All right, so those are the two giant hardcovers I read. I almost finished my bound version of Outpost Zero. Do you remember Outpost Zero, Scott? I do. I bound it all, the whole series together, and I'm on the last issue, but I didn't finish it in time for the podcast. Don is going to talk okay. about Basket Full of Heads, so, which is Joe Hill... Been... And Leo Max. Is that another one name artist? You've read this, didn't you? I have not read that. I thought you... Oh, you bought Plunge. And what was Plunge. it called? Okay, so it's called... It's a basket Full of Heads. It's a Basket Full of Heads. It's... So, Joe Hill did, like... He got, like, his own label, basically. Well, it's under the black label at DC, but it's, like, his own horror label. So, he had, like, six series. That's what six... happens when you have a successful series, like Lock and Key. I know. So it's like six six issue miniseries, and Basketball of Heads is written by um, Joe Hill. The rest of them are written and drawn, written by not Joe Hill, um, and then drawn by various people. But it's like, and this was the first one that launched. But so I wanted to wait and read them all, like you know, get all six of Basketball of Heads and read. And then get all six of the dollhouse and read those. But Joe Hill did a little thing where he's got a back, uh, another story running in the back of every friggin' single issue. So it's like a two or three story, page story in the back of every issue. And it goes out of order. So part one is in Basketball of Heads number one. Part two is in number one of the dollhouse. Part three is in. Number two of Basketball of Heads. 
And so he really screwed up the way that I wanted to read this book. Unless I want to read the main story of everything and then go back and read three pages in the back, which I might do just because I don't want that to. That really sounds like a pain in the ass. Yeah. So I basically, I'm reading them in order. So I read the first two issues of Basketball of Heads and I read the first issue of Dollhouse. So basically, Basketball of Heads. Where'd Scott go? I can't see him. Oh, sorry. There he is. Now he's at a different You know why you're disappearing? It's because that light in the background is, oh, is that effing it up. Yeah. Uh, um, okay, so Basketball of Heads is basically, there's this town. It's a coast. It's up in Maine. It's like a, a tourist town. Um, you know, summer tourist town or whatever. Beach town. Is it really in Maine? It it is. It's like somewhere up there. He's playing up the main the the whole Stephen Didn't King. His dad do that. Joe enough? Hill. I don't really need yeah. To do it too. And so uh, what the hell? I'm pretty sure it's in Maine. But anyway, so it it starts out and there's this there's this kid. He's in college. I would imagine that's where all those things from Joe Hill, Stephen King. They're all in Maine. I know. It's just been done. There's this there's this college age kid, and he took up a summer job uh, as like a well, he's with the police department, so he's like, he writes parking tickets and blah, 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 but he's in the chair. And so it's the end of the summer, and his girlfriend comes up to visit him before they head back to go to school. And um, so on his last day, they, they get a call, and there was like a, a prison breakout. They had like a... A chain gang, you know, cutting, picking up litter or doing, you know, side road yard work or whatever. And four convicts escape. And so the sheriff was going to go home and have dinner with his wife and his kids. And, and this guy that works for him and his girlfriend. And well, now he can't go eat. So he he sends the dude, the kid and his girlfriend back to his house to have dinner and he says I'll catch up once we get this taken care of. And so so they go back to the house. And they find a basket full of heads? No, no. Oh. So they go Dang. back to the house. They have dinner with the wife and his sons there too. So it's like there's like four of them I think. But this guy likes to collect um heads. No, not heads. He collects like, uh, um, like Norse, Norse artifacts. You know what I mean? Like shields and axes, and you know he's got this whole room that's full of all this stuff. Well, hammers. Yes, hammers. You know all this, all the cool Norse stuff. I think it's Norse. I don't know. There's some kind of artifacts. So anyway, um, there was like a a lady that lives in town and somebody got murdered so the sheriff calls his wife and of course there's a big storm coming in a big swell so that's, oh, it's raining and it's high winds and waves and all kinds of stuff and so um talk about tropes <laughs> so so then um the sheriff some someone a husband a guy gets murdered and the sheriff's wife knows the wife and so he calls his wife and says, hey, I need you to go over to so-and-so and talk to the wife and make sure she's okay and take our son with you so that he can drive you because the weather might get bad. And, oh, 
We're gonna leave, just leave the, that dude, the, the part-time summer sheriff and his girlfriend at our house so they can hold down the fort. And of course, they leave and then what happens, the four convicts break into the sheriff's house and, um, you know, they're, they're, they're looking to steal shit, party down, whatever. And party so, doing their thing. and so, much. right. And so the, which it's funny because like at the beginning of the book, um, the, the sheriff's like, oh, these are just four knuckleheads. They don't know what they're doing. Blah, blah, blah. They're probably running to the next town. They're going to sit in a bar and order a drink and they're going to get picked up. And, uh, so they show up at the sheriff's house. And so that, that guy, the, the man, the guy, he's like, tells the, his girlfriend to go up into the bed, upstairs into the bedroom and lock herself in and don't ever, don't come out. And of course, so she goes up there and she's up there for like an hour and then she doesn't hear anything. So she comes out and, uh, you know, one of the convicts, her boyfriend's gone and one of the, one of the dudes is still there. And so she, she reaches over and she gets into a fight with this guy and a glass case breaks and there's this axe in the case. So she grabs the axe and she swings it and cuts this dude's head off. Well, this axe has mystical powers to where it will kill the person, but their head is still alive. So the body's dead, but the head's still alive and talking and stuff. And so she cuts this dude's head off and he's freaking out because he's still, his head's rolling around and he's like, what's going on? Why is everything black? I think she should put in a bunch of aquariums all on the wall. You're breaking out. Oh, yeah, yeah, in fish tanks? Yeah, Walking Dead, right? Like Walking Dead? I have that Lego set. He froze. He's freezing. He's freezing again? Yeah, look. He's frozen. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. Wave you your fall. hand. Oh, he's waving his hand. Okay. He's right. just choppy. Gotcha. You're choppy, sir. Now you're frozen. Um... <laughs> <laughs> Anyway, nice. that's Basketball of Heads. That's the first two issues of Basketball of Heads. So she has a mystical axe where she can cut people's heads off and the heads are still alive. So she only has the one head so far after the second issue. And we don't hear anything from Scott, so. All right. I think, I he think likes he's it. gone. I think he loves uh, Basketball of Heads. He's a big fan. Scott's gone. Scott's gone, dude. We've lost Scott. I can... God, I'm gonna try to drink. Oh man, lost. What are you gonna drink? I'm gonna try That's your solution. I'm gonna try to drink this. Solution is drinking. If it's gonna happen. You don't hurt yourself, man. It's not worth that. It's pretty not good. <laughs> pretty not good. The initial is fine. That aftertaste is a killer, though. Yeah, it's always the aftertaste, Don. While you're doing that, I'm while gonna, I'm doing this, what are you gonna do? I'm gonna go in this other room over here. That's weird.
Is he back? <gasps> hey, he's back. That's good. Don's drained the lizard, apparently. Okay. So That's all good. I don't know what happened there. I've been reading a bunch of Marvel Unlimited comics on my iPad. Are you? Yes. You have Marvel Unlimited? It's the greatest thing ever. I get advertisements for it all the time, but really? I I don't read enough as it is probably to make it worth my make while. Make it worth it. Yeah, probably not. Well, I was thinking it would be cool to um to try well I I've been real behind on my Marvel comic reading, right? So I thought it would be cool to try and catch up. But the problem is I'm so far far behind I don't know where to start. So back in like twenty twelve, Marvel launched like a Marvel Now thing where they kind of start everything over with a new number one type of thing. So I started there. So I started there a few months ago. And so I've been trying to kind of just read through everything they published um, between um, that initiative starting and now. So what I've learned is that there's like an A list and a B list. By reading everything, I've realized like a lot of stuff is not that good. But anyway, so I've been reading Avengers by Jonathan Hickman. Those are on a D list, huh? But nah, I'd call it B list. But uh, Avengers by Jonathan Hickman, he's got like two Avengers series, right? New Avengers and Avengers. At the time, I thought they were related, but they're really telling two different stories. Like the Avengers is telling like the story that leads into like this big Thanos event called like the Infinity Thing or whatever. But then the, the new Avengers... Thing. The okay. Infinity Thing. But it's called Infinity, I thought it was a movie series. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. And then the new Avengers, I think, is leading into what eventually becomes Secret Wars, which kind of reboots everything again. But anyway, ooh, I also, I never read this before, but I, since it came out for the Marvel Now, The Fearless Defenders, which was by Colin Bunn, who does The Six Gun, who we yeah. like. Oh, um, yeah. Will Sliney. And Will Sliney is an artist. He's not my favorite. He's okay. But this wasn't great. It's like a... I don't know why this is one of those books i don't know why it exists so you got valkyrie as a character and you got misty knight and they added like this weird archaeologist lady and then issue two which is in here Bloodstone? i don't think so but issue two adds in like danny moonstar into the mix because huh. i guess she used to be a valkyrie so i guess it kind of makes sense but once again these are three characters i don't know why they're in a book together other than they're just the fearless defenders Colton, you you do the, you do the safe movie and then you, do the, then you do the art movie. Then you do the safe movie. I guess. So, so it's Colin Bunn's paycheck. That's I what guess. that is. Must be. Uh, Fantastic there Four. Like there's two Fantastic Four series running. There's Fantastic Four and FF. Yep. Matt Fraction is writing both of them. They are both excellent, but they're totally different books. Yeah. Like Fantastic Four is about how the actual Fantastic Four went with the kids into like an interdimensional spaceship and are like traveling through space and time. And they got a... B team to like cover for them while they're gone. They're only supposed to be gone for five minutes and then they're supposed to pop right back because it's a time machine. Well, they're gone and the B team. This sounds like Gilligan's Island. Right? And they're gone, but the B team is just supposed to be them for five minutes. It ends up being a lot longer than five minutes. So the B it's team has. Turn, huh? Yeah, so the B team is like Ant Man, Medusa, some chick they just found who Johnny Storm was dating at some point, and She Hulk. And they got their own book. And they got that book running. That's called FF. Do you, do you remember when I read that? I do. You read the Omnibus, right? I read the Omnibus. And you said it was really good. Yeah. So I'm excited because I like 
<coughs> the team, <coughs> Matt Fraction and Mike Allred. But anyway, and then there's this book, Cable and the X Force, like X Force. They launched like a thousand X Men books for some reason, and this one is about Cable and the X Force, and it's like Cable and Colossus and Domino, and then um, that weird guy with the hat, like the scientist guy. Phantom X? No, not Phantom X, the other guy oh, with yeah, the white yeah, hat. Yeah, you know no, no, I know you're talking about yeah. I think I bought I that think book. I think Forge is in it, too. It's a totally superfluous book. has no purpose whatsoever, except that Cable has his own book. And I guess Colossus has to have somewhere to go. But yeah, it's it's a... But it's well, written by Dennis Hopeless, who's a kind of a semi-local guy. LaRocca needed to get paid, dude. And LaRocca needed to get paid. Okay, this book. Oh, my God. Another Dennis Hopeless book. So, Avengers Arena... <laughs> so this is called Avengers Arena. So they took all these like D-list guys characters, and Arcade took them all and put them in like this arena, like a Hunger Games type thing, and got like sixteen of them, thirty of them. I don't know how many. It doesn't matter. And he threw them all into like this virtual environment that they're trapped. And they have to kill each other until their only one remains. So I think it was just Hunger a. Games. So I think it's just a ploy to like kill off all these D-list characters, maybe. But it's. So, if you're a writer and you have this concept, so every issue you're doing like a different backstory of a different character to try and actually give it some characterization, you know? Mm -hmm. So that's the strategy. And while you're doing the backstory, you're trying to move the main story forward a little bit, which is a good strategy as a writer, but it still is a book that has no reason to exist and really is not original in any way. And it's all these characters who you don't care about. Like, it's a couple of people from, like, The Runaways. Dude, people like and you got, X23. like, X-23 and Darkhawk and, like, Darkhawk's all these other people who I haven't heard of. It's just, it's ridiculous. I don't know why it exists. But it, I'm reading it. I, I'm, there's a few. My idea was to read all of the Marvel Now books as they came out. But there's a few that are just, are going to start getting axed. Because they're just not good enough to even bother reading. A Secret Avengers, number one. So, I don't... Nick Spencer is writing this. So, it's basically hey. Black Widow and Hawkeye get recruited by S.H.I.E.L.D. to be, like, secret S.H.I.E.L.D. agents to go on, like, secret covert missions. Do you them. find out what happened in Budapest? That's what I, I was going to say. I don't know who Budapest is. Budapest? is. <laughs> I don't know what that... I don't, I don't get the reference, but... From sure. the movies. From the Avengers. They, from the Avengers movies. They keep referencing, oh, that's Budapest? just like Budapest. I don't know. But they got, like, Samuel L. Jackson, Nick Fury in it. Like, his son. Like, his Samuel or his Nick Fury Jr. or whatever. Yeah. I don't know. It's weird. It's okay. Um, it might get better. That's my daughter sleeping. Um, <laughs> so they did the all-new X-Men. Then they had the uncanny X-Men. There's this is just photos and so I have other photos. I understand. <laughs> but speaking of, she was reading about a dewback yes. while she fell asleep. I don't okay. know if you saw that. But anyway, I uh, did see Uncanny X-Men number one. That's yeah, the Bacalo. The Bacalo art is awesome. It's a lot of talking, even for Hickman? Bendis. No, it's Bendis. Oh, it's Bendis. Bendis took over the X-Men. Right, right, right. Hickman's doing the X-Men now. Right, right. Have you seen a lot had... of talking? I know, right? It is, right? Oh, it's crazy. But it's okay. It's all right. Bacalo art. Pretty much will save anything, but it's still pretty decent. I mean, it really runs parallel to the all-new X-Men. Well, that's an X-Men book, so, I mean, I bought yeah, that. It's pure. Yeah. Superior, Superior Spider-Man Spider holds up, man. It's still really good. Like, it's a solid book. Like, with the craziest concept ever, you know what Superior Spider-Man is? He's talking yes. to Doc Ock. That's Doc Ock. That was yeah, that's the Doc Ock Spider-Man. Yeah. yeah, it's yeah, really it's good. It's entertaining. Like a 
for like six months because he always brought that like every freaking time. Yeah. Me? So, Don? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Because you love that book. See, Scott pays attention when he I does talk pay attention. and review things. All right, so in reading Daredevil as well, because <laughs> I always wanted to read the Chris Samney Daredevil run. The Wade Samney? Yeah. Samney is an awesome artist. I've decided that Wade is a horrible writer, and I don't like his stuff at all anymore. Huh. Really? Yeah, wow. I did. He, I just, he, I just kick him to the curb. I don't care about mm. Wade anymore. He's this book is so full of plot holes and ridiculous things, and then he's writing Hulk too. I'll get to that, but he, I'm done with him. Huh. Thor by Jason Aaron and Isad Ribic. God bless you, sir. Still yeah, awesome. Holds up great. Thor is the greatest book. I can't wait to finish the whole Aaron run. Yeah, it's, I just have great. to read The King of Thunder or whatever. Pleasant Surprise, Morbius the Living Vampire by yeah. Joe Keating. Um, it's kind of interesting. It's like, so you got Morbius and he's like running through the slums and he's like taking down drug dealers and like being like the, helping the common man, you know, in the slums. So it's kind of cool. It's kind of like The Wire meets Vampires. Superheroes. Huh. It's okay. kind of interesting. Really? Oh, yeah. Okay. More Avengers. Hickman. I've never watched the, the Savage Wolverine. Wolverine. I just love watch or reading Frank Cho draw Wolverine and Shannon the She Devil running through the Savage Land. Yeah, but he only did like six issues. He did five issues. I don't know what happened after his five issues. Is that when Madeira took over for a run, or is that a different series? I don't remember. That was Avenging Spider-Man. Sorry. So yeah, we'll see what happens after Cho's done. Yeah, I think it. This is the crap. Captain America oh, Remender oh, 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 run. Oh, oh, oh. This is so not good. as good as I remember. Oh, it's good. It's still super good, but it's. I think I built up my mind too much. It's the Captain America. It's a little it's dragged a out. Rick Remender in the John Romita where he goes into he goes um, into another dimension, Dimension X or whatever. Yeah, and, and there's like a panel girl. from it. It was so good. I like Scott can't I see anything. I know. Sorry, Scott. That's why I'm trying to explain. That's all good. Nova, I really like Nova, the Jeff Loeb, Ed McGinnis Nova series. I hmm. dug it when it came out, and I dug it, I dig it now. It's super I good. I didn't read it when it came out. Now uh, it's it worth now. reading. I'm more in Kenya X. Thunderbolts. Oh my god, <laughs> dude, this is another stupid series. Like, okay, the Thunderbolts was initially like Baron Zemo and all those guys. Like the concept yeah, is cool. The bad guys turn good. Yeah, and this is like a similar thing. Like you got Punisher, the Electra. Then you got the Red Hulk, who's Thunderbolt Ross. And Deadpool, you gotta throw Deadpool in it because he's gotta be in every right. book, right? And then a few other, oh, Venom, like Flash Thompson Venom version or whatever. Mm -hmm. And they're like a uh, covert ops, like blood uh, wetworks team, and they go on these missions. That... It's ridiculously stupid. I mean, I even Steve Dillon, who's an awesome it. artist, the guy who did Preacher, the guy who drew Preacher, he's the artist, and even he's like phoning it in. Yeah. It's like, it's horrible. Paid. Hawkeye by uh, Matt Fraction, David yeah, Aha. That is an awesome book. I love that book. It's so great. Have you read all of it? That's oh. Zach Ronin. That is Zach Oh, FF. We talked about that kind of already. Uh, Uncanny Avengers. So Rick Remender, John Cassidy. Great team. I just can't get into this book, man. I just feel like there's just not much there. I mean, it's Avengers and X Men. Yeah, together. and they made Havoc like the team leader. I thought Rogue was the team. leader. And they're fighting the Red Skull, and it's just I don't know. It just feels very I don't know. There's just nothing special about it. it seems like I don't know. It's okay. I'll make sure and get caught up on that. Was that like your bank statement, sir? Oh, Invincible Iron Man or Iron Man? I guess <laughs> Kieran Gillen, Greg Land. <laughs> So Iron Man's gone to like space and he like I guess because they killed the Phoenix he's on like trial or whatever with some weird people and so now, now he has to fight Death's Head. I have no idea, dude. Yeah, Iron so Man dead? 
No, according to this, he's still alive. Well, I thought Tony Stark like died like fifteen times. In this yeah, I'm sure he like has. A... Uh, Guardians of the Galaxy is restarting, so I'm getting into right. that. At point one, it's the origin of Star Lord. I like that issue a lot. It's McNiven does the art, and Ben just wrote it. I really dug that issue. Cable and the X Force, yeah, and that same crap. Superior Spider Man, good. Hey, more pictures of my kids. Um, Avengers, Uncanny X Men, Secret Avengers, kind of hit all this stuff. Hey, there's a bill. More Fantastic Four. Fearless Defenders. I, I think we've covered most of the stuff at this point. Okay. Um, what else? Is there anything else we're missing? Let's keep going. Are you watching this? <laughs> oh, we got to Wolverine. So this is uh, oh, yeah. Paul Cornell and Alan Davis. I was like, yeah. and I was did some research. I'm like, where did Paul Cornell come from? How did he get the job of writing Wolverine, right? They needed somebody to write Wolverine. He's like a Doctor Who-like writer. Like, he writes for TV, and somehow he got the job to, like, uh, write You're Wolverine. like, hey... They just, they had, like, a day. The irony is the art's awesome because it's Alan Davis, and it's, like, got this cool, like, alien story. So it's, like, he's, yeah. like, playing to his strength, like Doctor right. Who type stuff. So is what happened was they had a day at the Marvel offices. Yeah. And they were like, hey, whoever, just come in and pitch us your Wolverine idea. We need to make a Wolverine book. And Paul Cornell, like, hit it out of the park that day. And they were like, What's well, damn, funny. this dude's Wolverine story sounds great. So Paul Cornell... You know, he wrote for, like, TV, Doctor Who, that kind sure. of stuff. He did do the Captain Britain and the MI6, that limited series back uh, then. Yeah. That's kind of the first stuff he did for Marvel, and he somehow turned that into a Wolverine book. Right. So there you go. Mm. All new X-Men, uh, Bendis and Eminem. Um, when Eminem does the art, mm. this book is the best thing ever. When Marquez takes over, it's still pretty good. I really like mm. the all new X-Men. David Marquez, I think, is the guy. Uh, yeah, yeah. He does some films. Hey, was that chicken? <laughs> that was... Fried ice cream. Ooh, fried ice yep. cream. My wife said, take a picture of this fried ice cream. So I did. Nice. Yep. There's your back. Oh, all right, let's get back to Indestructible Hulk. So Wade is writing this too. This book is so stupid. It started out good. It's okay. And I think the next issue is Simonson. So at least the art's going to get good. I just feel like Wade is not a good writer anymore. Didn't, um, what was the, what was the book that, um, Aaron did? The Hulk book. Oh what yeah. The one with Sylvester that he did. Yeah, was that that wasn't that was previous? Was that indestructible? What was the title of it? Uh, I don't know. I thought it was indestructible. No, uh, Mark Wade did the indestructible. So the indestructible Hulk is a kind of an interesting concept. Like Shield has like given him a lab to like do all this sciencey stuff for Banner, and then when he turns to the Hulk, they're gonna shoot him at like a problem and have him be like. So for some reason, Wade decides to do like an Atuma like Atlantean type story. So it's all underwater, which is stupid, and it's just. I don't know, dude. It's yeah, like, underwater stories are stupid. I agree. They totally are. But anyway... Um, I agree. So... Just leading to Aquaman. That's uh, kind of rat. So anyway, so far the Marvel right. Now reread has been pretty decent. Um, reread. But yeah, I definitely feel like there's like a good... There's like the top tier and the bottom tier, and there's like really bottom tier. But uh, we'll see where we go. That's what I've mostly been reading. I see. In my bound stuff. I'll do the dollhouse. So I read the dollhouse, dollhouse one, which is the second another series. Another Joe Hill book, but oh, it's not Joe written Hill. by Joe Hill. No, that's what like, I said. I like Peter Gross, right? Exactly. Is that Mike Carey. Mike Carey. And Why Peter does he Gross? have Mr. Carey? I don't know. So why would he just be by Mike Carey? Because I know who that is. I don't know I who the fuck Mr. Carey is. Only Did he read... become a woman? I don't know. I only read the first issue of the dollhouse. Is this like the TV show? The dollhouse, remember that? Where like yeah, Eliza no, Dushku? It's absolutely nothing. And like she the gets Eliza. like turned into a. Is this a sandman? Hey, there's a tauntaun behind you, Scott. 
Is this a Sandman thing, like the dollhouse storyline in Sandman? No, it's Does not. Does it do with that? No. So, there's this couple in England, and it's like in the 70s, and the guy's not a very nice guy, and they have a daughter. Well, nobody in the 70s was very nice. Right. Well, this guy, like, beats his wife and stuff. M.R. Carey. I don't know why. So, this, this guy, like, beats his wife and stuff, so he's really not good. Nice. Um, I don't like people who beat so, their wives. Okay, well. That's so, rude. So they're hanging out, and the wife's got a thing from, like, a long-lost uncle or an aunt or whatever, and it's a dollhouse. It's, a like, a real big dollhouse with little dolls inside. And the, the aunt died or whatever and gave this. It's been in the family for 100 years or whatever. It's, like, an antique. Of course. And so they give the dollhouse to their daughter, who's, like, eight or something, I guess. That's I don't know. Forbidden something away that's like evil and haunted right and like, know. well they don't know it in fact the husband <laughs> they, don't, like, know it's they don't know it's haunted and evil Obvs. they're gonna find out though um and so uh they give this dollhouse to the girl and so she's like nate gives them all names and stuff and the dolls like come to life and like play with like they're miniature but they talk to her and like she talks to them and stuff and tells her to kill Tells them to kill her parents. Exactly, dude. You you should have wrote this book. So uh, so <laughs> nope, she MR does. Did. She does get she she like gets sucked into the dollhouse. No right? way, that's cray cray. And then like the voice of the dollhouse like talks to her, and it's like, hey, you're like, candy? your your dad's really not a really good guy, and he's gonna really hurt your mom and. And you should take care of your dad, and like take care of him, like like kill him, kill him. Yeah, wow. And like, take if him you out. if you if you take him out, like you can live with us in the dollhouse forever, and you won't have to live in the world. So she takes a hammer and takes it to the back of her dad's head. And story that's over. Where, that's when where, that's where the first issue kind of ends. That's Isn't that the end is. of the story? It's the first yeah. issue. It's like six issues. Oh, I wonder where it's going. I don't know. Uh, we're all out of stuff done. It's all you now. Okay. Well, I only have a couple more things. Well, let's so. get that knocked out because I got beds to get to. Okay. You ain't got nothing to do. I got sleep to get to. You can sleep all day tomorrow. I can't You're sleep all day. Work. I got kids. They, like, knock on my door and, like, wake me up. You tell them to leave you alone. That's they don't your, do it. Your wife can take care of them. She's in bed, too. All right. So, this Let's is... Computer. This so is The Joker. Oh, did they make another Joker series? Wow. That's no, this is a one-shot, and it, you I know. see who it's written by? Joker, you're the villain, John Carpenter. John Carpenter. I'm and, not convinced. And the art's um, by uh, Philip Tan. So Are you making it to a cool. movie? Because John Carpenter's a filmmaker, not No, a I don't know. He just did a one-shot of the Joker. It's oh, one God. issue. Is it horrible? It's not terrible. As somebody who loves John Carpenter movies. The art's cool. I can't get into this. There is there's a really cool panel where they do like an Did homage. John Carpenter draw it? No, Billy Philip Tan did. I just said Philip Tan. But I thought maybe he drew the one panel. So there is this one really he drew cool. Panel. Homage where homage. they're where they're climbing oh, up. That's the, the stupidest thing ever. Yeah. Where they're they're climbing up the building, like in the old Adam West. Can you see it? I do. Okay, so the gist of the story, which this one is great. So the gist of the story is the Joker breaks out of prison 
and there's a guy there. Oh, yeah, and there's oh the Joker broke out of prison. Wow. Yeah. And there's like a guy there, and he he's kind of like his sidekick. So they go through this whole story together, and then the Joker. It's not a great story now that I start to talk about it. <laughs> so then the Joker, they're, they're like exists. they're at like a at a convenience store or something, and they 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 have Batman and Robin like costumes. And so the Joker takes him and he dresses up like Batman and he dresses the other dude up like Robin. And so they go around town and they're just like robbing people and doing shit, but they're in a Batman and Robin costume. <laughs> and then somewhere towards the end, like the whole story goes like batshit crazy, pun intended. And the Joker pulls out a crowbar and just starts beating the shit out of the dude that's dressed up like Robin, like like when he killed Robin in the comic. Book. Yeah. And I don't. Then it goes off the rails, but no, it it really wasn't that good. The art was kind of cool. I wanted to like it because it's got John Carpenter's name on it. Yeah, right. So that's you want to like, like it? Like it it wasn't terrible, but it wasn't like it wasn't groundbreaking. Because I'm like reading this, like as I'm reading it, I'm like, this is John Carpenter. Like, John Carpenter's writing, like, a Joker story, I don't story, feel right? like his strength and, like, is as a writer, though. I'm like, this could be, this could be epic. Like, it could be, like, maybe there's, like, one half of a percent chance that it could be, like, The Killing Joke. Or it could be, like, Arkham Asylum. You but know what I mean? John Carpenter's got, like, a that, comic book writer. It's, it's got that totally name, and he's, like, he's a storyteller, though. All storytellers are storytellers, but it doesn't matter if it's It does matter. It's a story based... The Killing Joke is the Killing Joke. Alan Moore understands the comic book medium. No, I understand that. But it didn't. It didn't. I wanted to like it. I'm glad you paid your probably extra... $4.99. extra dollar for it. Because John Carpenter wrote it. You had to pay him an extra dollar. $15. So I finally got all of my wicked... Wikdiv. I finally Wick got div. all of That's my Wikdivs. Cool I know. Div. I know. Do I you? Because you tried to call it Wicked and Divine. So Wicked so and Divine. This is Wick a hardcover. So you got all the hardcovers? I have them all. There's three of them. Three of them. That's the whole story. And it's the whole story. It's the new Sandman. It's the new Sandman. It's the new American Gods. I guess. I don't know. It's, it's American not... Gods. Really? So I'm like reading this. No. It's... No, it's uh, Gillen. Kieran, Kieran Gillen. Gillen and Jamie McElvey. Jamie and apparently they listed the colorist and the letter on the top. Right, that cows. We saw him before. Um, so I think it, it's three hardcovers. This hardcover has the first twelve issues, and I remember reading like the first trade, and I'm like, "This is really cool. Like, this is intriguing." I, I read the first issue, and it was cool. And I'm like, they started coming out with these hardcovers, and I'm like, well, fuck it. I'll just buy the hardcovers. Because it's going to be so awesome. It's going to be so awesome, and I'm going to love it. Oh, did you love Wick read it? Is Wick Div like the new thing? I'm like going to join like a Wick Div cult? I'm like halfway through it, and I'm Some going... Facebook groups? Should I really have spent all this money on these three hardcovers? I don't it's, know. Should you have? I don't know yet. I guess we'll find out when I finish. Why do people like Jamie Mackle so, so like much? the I don't necessarily. I like Karen Gillan. More but why do they like him so I much? I don't know. Get on a message board of Jamie McElvey and find out why people like him. That's what I would do if I were you and you have that question. Because <laughs> I can't answer it. Um, so, this is the first 12 issues. It, and like halfway through, I'm like, did I really want to spend all this money? Do I really want to invest all this money and time into this story? 
But then uh, I pushed through and it got a it's pretty got buzz. It's got a pretty cool killer kind of twist in the 12 issue, like the 12th issue or whatever. So I mean, it's interesting. Are you familiar with the story at all? It's about no. gods. It is about gods. You Modern are, gods. You are correct there. It's like American gods, isn't it? I don't know what American. I mean, I know what American what the gods. Fuck? You don't know what American gods. I is? know what American gods is, but I have never read a book. You've an read issue, American gods, right? Or seen yes, an episode American of the gods. TV show, so I have no idea what it is about. American gods is about like modern day gods. Okay, is that what this is? It's kind of what. Gods. That's kind of what What's this that? is. Kind of fighting the old gods in a way. Yeah, fighting the old, the old gods, gods. Trying to. Yeah, not go away. No, that's not what this is. Well, this isn't the old gods fighting so, new gods, but it's about new gods. Every ninety years, ninety years, every ninety years, these twelve gods, they reappear, they reincarnate, whatever you want to call it. And it's Sandman meets American gods, and they're alive for say two years, and then they're there, and then they disappear, and then in another ninety years, they get reincarnated into another body of someone who's alive at this time. So, like, and there's, like, an old lady, I think it's an old lady, looks like an old lady, and she's kind of, like, the keeper of the gods. So, she's around all, like, she's been around forever. And so, whenever she's the like cycle, god, god. whenever the cycle starts up, it's her job to go out and find them and then bring them into the fold. So, they're, like, rock stars, they're, like, icons, you know what I mean? And they get to live, like, this... So you're just a normal person, like you're you. You're, me. you're like hanging out, and then all of a sudden, oh my god, you get the power of the god, and you're gonna be alive for like two years. What happens after two you years? You die after two years. Well, you that just sucks. disappear. What if I'm only in my thirties. Yeah. Well, some of them are like sixteen. Oh, and they only get to live for two. So, Ooh, but they wow. get like, but they get like two years of really god fucking power. god power and ah, cool I think lifestyle. Take longevity all kinds over of stuff. like. Um, they don't have a would choice. Would you? No, they don't have a choice. I would, but... You know, and so, but then so. there's... So, in this cycle, there's a... There's always been a rumor that if one of the gods kills the other god, they get their power. Oh, so like they a Highlander more thing. powerful, kind of like a Highlander thing. Oh, like, they become more yeah, powerful. I was the same thing. So, so, American gods meets um, Sandman meets, meets Highlander. Highlander. yes. Okay, sweet. And Elevator so, okay. And so um, there is someone killing the gods. Is it another god? I believe it is, but it's kind of like a murder mystery thing. They don't really uh, tell Watchmen. you. Who it is, kind of, sort of. So, so it's, it's Watchmen, Watchmen meets, Highlander, meets Highlander meets American, American Gods, Gods meets Sandman. Sandman. Yes, Sweet. exactly. Sounds like its own thing. Greatest story ever made, created, known to man. Well, that's it's basically better than Watchmen. It's the Iliad of the 21st century. Wow. It's the Odyssey and the Iliad okay. mixed together. Um, so yeah, I mean, the art's cool. I, I'm not a big fan of him, but I McElvey. mean, the art's decent. I mean, it's not anything like great, but yeah, the story's pretty McElvey cool. Fan. I like, I really like... It's kind of interesting stuff. I really like Gillen. I mean, I liked that Uber. That was Gillen, right? Uber? Yeah. What the fuck is Uber? It's that series that they did about the alternate World War II. Oh, was that um, Gillen? It probably I think was. It was. I think Gillen. it was Gillen. Yeah. I kind of like that. That's what you're basing your Gillen no, on? No. Wow, Uber. Ooh. I liked Uber. So, um, 
Did I you mean, that's guys, like obscure reference, dude. Did you watch Hunter? The Hunters or whatever? Let's not, on, dude, focus on this. Let's get through I'm this. I'm done first. with oh, it. You're done with McDiv. Yes. All right, we're done with our comic book reviews for the night. I'm Prime? You didn't? Did you watch it? No. I haven't yet. Oh, my God, dude. Oh, my God. It's a good show. Is it? it that like last... It? That last episode, though, is just like a total twist. And just you like, will not believe the last episode like of a, season three of Ozark. What the fuck? I was just like, holy crap. That thing took a complete turn in the last episode. And I was just like, how long do I have to wait for more of this? Ten years. It's like, fuck me. But, yep, uh, you're screwed. No, it was good. I liked it. Cool. Way to sequitur that. Right. Happened. Exactly. Wickdiv to Wick, Hunters. Wickdiv to Hunters. Yep. All right. I guess On I'm that note, done. I think that's a good note to end because it makes absolutely no sense. Just like our podcast. Got anything else, Scott? Anything you want to talk about? Anything you want to bring up? I got nothing. Nothing? Oh, but May the 4th, uh, Rise of Skywalker is coming to Disney+. Plus. Oh, I didn't realize it was May the 4th. Yep. And the last episode sense. of um, whatever show you guys are well, watching, that animated thing. Invincible? Clone Wars. And, and they're going to release like a documentary or whatever of the, the making of the Mandalorian. Wow, they're really milking that one. All on May 4th. Wow. It'll be the be... greatest May 4th ever. I May think 4th I should take is ruined for me. I know. All right. I understand. May 4th can suck it. May 4th can suck it. All right. So, anyway, that's all we got. Thanks for listening, everybody. Right in it. Oh.